and start recording. Um, all right, so translation. I'm gonna ask the, the hardest question of all. If you had to pick a favorite sentence or a favorite paragraph out of this section, what would it be? Because there's some, there's some doozies in this one. <laughs> I don't even know if I could like totally narrow it down, but, um, but what you got? What are some of your favorite things? Well, Cameron, I have one from last week. Uh-huh, yeah. And I do last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> if Lehi, this is on page 26. Okay. If Lehi saw visions, so may we. Oh, I can't read this without crying. Okay. <laughs> yep. If Enoch was translated, so may we be. If we obey the same laws Enoch obeyed, Enoch went forth and built Zion in his day as we have been commanded to do. And we can ultimately succeed as past dispensations gloriously have because the pathway Enoch walked is clearly available to us. <laughs> yep, that's all you need right there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, it's like we were talking in our Relief Society today. We, we studied President Oaks's talk mm -hmm. on why we need to go to church. And it is because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has the priesthood authority to administer in the saving ordinances. And that's how that's how we will realize these blessings. And I was just thinking as I was reading this chapter, there are not very many people in the world who understand even what translation is. Mm -hmm. And if they heard us talking about, they would really think <laughs> we were over the top, really. <laughs> Most of the members of the church would. So yeah. I'm so grateful for this group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be able to discuss it and, and hash it out kind of thing, because there's a few I kept writing like different paradoxes that that came out in chapter three. And um, it's like, man, I couldn't talk about these paradoxes anywhere else. Like, how do I uh, uh, rationalize? I don't know. That's the wrong word. But, but how do I put that scripture and that scripture both make sense? Because they seem to be kind of conflicting or or, or this or that. And so, um, but yeah, having having a forum, having a group that we can actually talk about these things and not <laughs> have to tiptoe around things and and stuff that are all open to them. Yeah, Darlene. I like on page 37, there is no greater blessing and no greater privilege a mortal may obtain than to be translated. Yeah, isn't that so powerful right there? <laughs> and so concise. <laughs> no greater blessing that we can, can get here in mortality. And, and the fact there uh, in that second paragraph, uh, the scriptures quite plainly teach um, that, that translation is the, the highest outcome of mortality. It's like, okay, yeah, now I need to go back to the scriptures. Now that I know what I'm looking for, uh, it, it so plainly teaches it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like page 40 in the middle. Mm -hmm. So it starts oh, with yeah. there but then go down it says this means they are not subject to the laws of what we call nature they can create objects they need and have mastery over all things mortal 
Yes. Like that principle right there has really changed my perspective on, you know, just prepping, uh, Latter-day preparations and stuff. It's like, oh, okay. So that's why spiritual preparation is so important as well, because there's no earthly way that we can prepare for every single thing, right? I mean, <laughs> every contingency plan, every everything. But mm -hmm. if we do prepare ourselves sufficiently spiritually, we can, we, we can have, um, let's see, have power to create objects to, to do the, the miracles, you know, just like, like Christ did in, in his ministry. Um, whatever he needed, he was able to, uh, to furnish and create and multiply and, and et cetera kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. There was another one about travel or something. I don't know. I've always kind of um, not joked, but look forward to millennial travel. Uh -huh. I'm not so worried about seeing the world right now. And especially now the conditions of travel is not the best, but millennial travel will be pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. I think I... My favorite thing, if I had to narrow it down, would be on page 37, the, the paragraph up to the top, um, that's the John Taylor quote. Um, I think it gives, I don't know, this one kind of like unlocked a few things for me timeline wise um, that I didn't know that I had uh, issues with. And, and then uh, comes this and it, it started to make sense better. Anyway, it says we will build up our Zion after the pattern that God will show us. And we will be governed by his law and submit to his authority and be governed by the holy priesthood and by the word and will of God. And then when the time comes that these calamities we read of, meaning kind of like the, the vials and bowls and trumpets of, of the, the very last, that we sh um, calamities we read of shall overtake the earth, those that are prepared will have the power of translation as they had in former times, and the city will be translated, which was kind of an interesting thing to me that I, I just thought that we'd be building the city in its translated state right from the get-go, but we'll be building, we'll prepare ourselves and we'll be building a city, but it won't be translated yet. And then when the calamities come is when the city will be translated. And then Zion that is on earth will rise and Zion above will descend and, and etc. Anyway, I, it was very interesting to kind of put some of that pattern in there, some of that timeline that I hadn't quite realized before. I really liked that. Cameron, there was one of the prophets quoted in this chapter that said, there are people who are Zion worthy that We'll call them to build the city of Zion. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I, I remember what you're talking about. I don't know which page it's on. Find that real quick. Yeah, I'm not sure, but as soon as we find it, I, <laughs> I'll point it out. But yeah, did you catch on page 38? Um, the bottom. So this, this same promise, 
So the same promise is echoed in the words too sacred to repeat anywhere, but that glorious moment at the veil of the temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had to ponder that and go through that. It was really cool. I know it's kind of like just slipped in there almost. Uh, when I was listening to the audiobook, I, it really caught my attention. It was like, what? what, what was it talking about? Like, and so <laughs> I'd have to rewind or whatever. And I was mm -hmm. like, in the audio when I'm working and stuff and my brain's not fully functioning, but um, it was, I was like, how did that apply to that? What, what, what's it talking about and stuff? But here when it's on the page, then I was like, oh, okay. Do, 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 do. Oh, oh, yeah, it makes sense now. But yeah, I, I love that. Because I've honestly never really thought of translation. Oh, you're good. I've never really thought of translation being such a, a integral part of our endowment until uh, Jody Stoddard had, had mentioned it in, in one of her things. And um, and then this kind of confirms that it's like, oh, that's why everything is is worded and, and acted out in, in that way. Like it, yeah, it, it takes some some deep pondering and and thought to to go through that. Cameron, do you think most people understand that when they go through? No, <laughs> no. Uh, I I really doubt that that very many do. Because you're um, just piecing it together now. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, and I'm not trying to, you know, elevate myself at all in any way uh, saying that. But um, no, but the Lord teaches us in His own way in His own time. So, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so. it, it's amazing. I I, <laughs> I would <laughs> love to to be able to find out who else knows that or or has come and stumbled upon that or been taught that mm -hmm. kind of a thing, because uh, that's such an interesting principle. Like you know, like how translation is so intricately tied to our, I mean, it is the gospel kind of thing. Uh, you know, just like in the introduction of this book, um, John Pontius is talking about that all of a sudden it kind of started clicking that translation was tied to Zion and he had never understood that before. And so that's what the, the research project was and eventually culminated in this book. It was like that there's a, a tie between translation and Zion is, was like mind blowing for him. And um, I don't know, it seems so second nature to me after this year and studying and everything. But, but before that, I, I was shocked by that. Like, and so the fact that it's so heavenly or uh, heavily integrated into our endowment uh, just makes so much sense. But yeah, it, it's just kind of until you know what to look for, you don't really even know to look. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. yeah. wouldn't it? said heavenly <laughs> yeah well Cameron, yeah. think about the initiatory blessings how each part of your body is blessed yeah don't you think that alludes at least to being translated uh-huh yeah now i can kind of look at it oh yeah of course it is <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm but yeah, this puts a whole new light on everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I marked in here because I've, I've got the digital copy because sometimes it's mm -hmm. easier for me to read the digital. But now the page numbers are different than the book yeah. copy. So I don't know exactly <laughs> where that. But it says through the power of translation that our Latter-day Zion, we will be able to join Enoch Zion when it comes. 
And they always talk, the church isn't fully, I thought they had said the church isn't fully restored. And he talks in here about that yes. it is, that is the principle and power of translation. However, in its due time will be restored also. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know exactly how that's going to be restored. But uh -huh. for all things President Nelson's been talking about. Uh-huh, because he said, yeah, because he's, he's, the, the restoration isn't complete. So I thought, okay, and I thought, what isn't complete? But there he says that that mm -hmm. is part of the restoration. So I thought, I took note of that. I thought, hmm, mm -hmm. okay. I don't know how it's going to be restored. Uh -huh. but, yeah, yeah and it's really interesting. interesting. On page 34, so it's going to be um, in the digital one, two, three, five, six, seven. So like paragraph eight-ish from the very beginning um there's two quotes here and and i i put paradox because these two quotes seem to contradict each other just from the offset if you if you're not um if you haven't already put the effort into to merge them together so um the one is by joseph i believe translation yeah joseph smith is the first one and then mcconkey makes the second one and i wanted to read those and uh, it goes along exactly with what you're saying now um, so Joseph Smith says, there are many things which belong to the powers of the priesthood and the keys thereof that have been kept hid from before the foundation of the world. They are hid from the wise and prudent to be revealed in the last times. So, I mean, they were living the, the first part of the restoration, but he's like, no, um, like we are talking about latter day saints, but, but this is the last part of the last days that he says that they'll be revealed. And then McConkie uh, makes the astonishing statement that Raphael, whom we assume to have been Enoch or someone from his dispensation, came and committed such keys as appertained to that day. No doubt these included the power to use the priesthood to translate men, as will be the state of all those who abide the day of the second coming. And so it, it kind of seems to, to contradict itself. It's like, no, in the, the last days, those things will be restored but yet Raphael came and already restored the keys to do so. And so <clears throat> I was just trying to like wrestle through that one and uh, come up with a <laughs> something so that my brain could click and, and, and understand that and stuff. But um, there seems to be a, a major difference between keys and an authority to actually perform such things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, the fact that, all the keys that we need were restored with Joseph Smith, but yet through many different things and situations, there's, there's certain things that we just don't enact anymore, you know, like sick and anointings, you know, we, we, we don't do those openly and publicly. I mean, the, the brethren do those to, to some degree, um, but it's not like a public ordinance that we can just go do. Right. And so um, through, through the process of time, we have different, modifications and things but everything will come back at the the last part of the last days where we can fully have every single thing authorized at all times it seems like but do you think this will be an ordinance because you said it'll be restored so you do think it'll be an ordinance mm -hmm. or is it something that the spirit does that's a good question i don't know i would say it's more in the ordinance territory but I don't know, because I have heard people refer to it as the ordinance of translation, but I don't know if that's scriptural or anything. I haven't studied that part of it yet. 
Yeah, I'd be curious because he has a section. I was just looking through the, the headings and stuff, and he has a section in the back about being born again, which mm. is not an ordinance. It's a gift of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I was like, is this a gift of the spirit? And is it come afterwards, before, you know, or is it? Yeah. yeah so I just. In the Abraham book, E. Douglas Clark says that he believes that, <coughs> that Enoch performs the ordinance of translation for for mortals like he's in charge of that oh, okay. as the angel of the presence but you know that that's his opinion with with his studies and stuff i uh -huh. i don't know hmm. I, I don't remember that in the it. book but that was so this is so new i didn't yeah. catch it in the abraham book <laughs> uh-huh yeah for sure but it comes through the priesthood yeah so, but that makes sense with Enoch to me that he because he's like over all of that seems like mm -hmm. yeah I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but um, that was an important principle that I, I still don't think my brain has fully unpacked um, to my liking. I still need to ponder more and stuff on it, but I really like those two quotes to really start unlocking that, that principle. So Cameron, on mm -hmm. the transfiguration, didn't they need to be translated to be in the presence of God because no unclean thing could be in the presence of God? Uh-huh, yeah, so who are, like, Peter, James, and John? But that wasn't a permanent translation, that was just a temporary one? Uh-huh, yeah, the, the transfiguration of them. Um, the transfiguration and translation are two different things, I guess. Yeah, huh? yeah. and that um, was one of my, my future questions for page 40. With that bulleted list, I, I'm going to ask, I, we, we can ask it now, but... Um, how is that bulleted list of translation different from the powers of transfiguration? And um, anyway, because, yeah, the, the temporary transfiguration, um, we see that on that mount there, New Testament times. We see it with Joseph Smith in the Sacred Grove. Uh, we see it in, in different times in different ways. Um, the Throughout the Restoration, um, uh, different visions the school of the prophets transfiguration happens um lorenzo snow i mean there there's many different um episodes of transfiguration that we can pinpoint but translation is often a more sacred thing because it's permanent i mean semi-permanent until the resurrection right um uh, a long-lasting condition that that people enter into and aren't necessarily allowed to talk about it yeah Janet. um it is kind of my understanding now translation is just part of this that everyone will have to be translated to be a part of the millennium um Sorry, my, my connection's not good. Um, so does that mean the people who have died and not been translated will have that the opportunity to be, I mean, how's that going to work? I kind of, Great question. I'm asking, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm asking. I'm asking, <laughs> does, does everybody have to have be translated? in order to go through the steps to make it to the celestial kingdom mm -hmm. is that that's a great question i i don't know the 
I have a similar question, um, and that is, are death and translation mutually exclusive? Meaning that like if you were to do a Venn diagram that they cannot overlap at all, because oftentimes in the, the restored gospel in the church, we talk about them as if they are like, oh, they can't be translated. They died. Like there's, there's no overlap kind of a thing. But, but the more and more that I researching and, and things, it's like, they, they're almost mutually inclusive. Like they, they require each other at some point. And there's three quotes in this chapter here that talk about that all translated beings at some point will die but they're they have different kinds of deaths some are in the twinkling of an eye some are um, being laid down in the grave and etc kind of thing but that translation is ultimately temporary it's just prolonging the 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 life and you know uh, so that we don't have the effects of old age and, and death for a period but we still have to to die before we can resurrect kind of a thing even though some uh the there's the one main difference that some will be able to do twinkling of an eye and their spirit does not have to separate from their body there's there's two prophetic statements in here that that talk about that versus that everybody has the experience of death it's just different kinds of death but anyway that very interesting question i <laughs> i don't know i i'm not as versed in it there's a section I marked in here. I don't know if it actually pertains to her question, but it says many others, most of them who were not exalted will also be upon thrones. Translation is not the only path to exaltation, but it is the preferred path of mortals when it is offered in the current disp dispensation. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That one hit me like a ton of bricks, like preferred. Yeah. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> <laughs> And how long have I not known about this? Oops. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know where my brain was going just right there, but um, Brigham Young's quote is popping out to me on this page here. So on page 36, um, he's at the very top. It says, how long Latter-day Saints before you will believe the gospel as it is. The Lord has declared it to be his will, you know, and how we're supposed to align our will with his, you know, I, that's what I was reading into that, has declared it to be his will that his people will enter into covenant, even as Enoch and his people did, which of necessity must be before we shall have the privilege of building the center stake of Zion. So, I mean, Brigham Young's like lining it out pretty clearly in that quote that we need translation before we can actually build the physical city of Zion. And uh, it, the wording that he uses, how long saints before you'll believe. And uh, when I read that, it was kind of echoing that, that same urgency that president Nelson gave in his talk. Like, please believe me. Like I'm trying to, to get, something across here that it's going to require a lot more study on your part to understand fully what i'm saying but please believe me kind of thing well, well enter into covenant you, I mean, you can enter in covenants but you're not going to understand it unless you study the covenants and blessings mm -hmm. like he said I mean, that was one of his homework assignments mm -hmm. yeah he's laid it all out there's nothing missing <laughs> yeah so cameron do you think president nelson 
is um, being translated or beginning. <laughs> yeah, because you know, Cameron, you know everything, right? <laughs> I do. I, I mean, that's why I have book clubs. <laughs> Wendy has said yes that he he um he walks faster. What does he have more step? People, you know, how does she say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she said that he has more energy and more. Yeah, the more he goes, the the younger he becomes and the faster and, and everything. Like, I, I don't know what the wording and stuff, but the, the gist of all that, like she's definitely, a, I don't know, <laughs> paraphrasing my own thoughts. She's definitely a witness to his translation. Like, cause we, we need a second witness because he's not just gonna tell us himself kind of a thing, but, but she's sitting there telling us in the best language that she can, can say in a public way, you know, like, I witnessed this, this man is going through it. You know, he's speaking with the Lord. He has regular interviews and he's in the process kind of thing. And she's more vocal than any of the <laughs> prophet's wives. Ever. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to say this, don't take this the wrong way because that could definitely come out the wrong way, but she's a lot more vocal than Denzel probably would have been, you know, I'm not saying that that's the reason, not at all. I'm just saying that, that she was prepared for this time for President Nelson because she is every part his equal in the, the vocalization of these blessings and promises and covenants coming through at the very end. Equal, completely equal, I feel. Like there's, yeah. he's amazing. Yeah, because he's always been a go-getter and, um, you know, like his whole thing uh, in the interim, you know, Dancil had passed away and he goes to, to president Hinckley seeking counsel. Right. And it's like, get married. do I, do I get married kind of thing or whatever? And, and it kind of came down to, um, president Hinckley's like, I don't know, it's your choice. Like <laughs> go for it or whatever. And then he's like, will it be easier to assign me places if I have a companion? And Hinkley's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and so, okay, that's all I needed to know. I need to be on the Lord's errand. I need to be, if anything's going to hinder me in my assignments, I need that to be fixed kind of thing. And man, she is every bit his equal in that, that aspect. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I'm not trying to say this tongue in cheek, but sometimes he looks younger than her to me. It's just like, man, he, he is really, um, uh, it just so physically um, on par with, with a translated being to me. Anyway, I, whether he's in the process of it, whatever, but. Um. I think uh, with um, thinking about him and watching him, uh, if he's not, he's very close. Mm -hmm. And in this chapter, it talks about the father and the husband you know, uh, to take his family, he has to do it. But I think if he's very close, she's right behind him, mm -hmm. if not equal to him. Yeah. And if you've read like any of her books and stuff, Covenant Keepers, the, the heavens are open or whatever, it's like, she's cl like as clear as she can be to a general audience. She is saying translations where it's at, here's the blessings that were overlooking many of the times go get them kind of thing yeah well but, in the oath and covenant of the priesthood 
it says that our bodies will be renewed. And so I, he, his body is definitely being renewed. Yeah. If not translated, at least renewed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the confirming witness for me. It's like, oh, yep, right there. And it's interesting. I, I kind of hesitated saying this before, but I'm, I'm just going to go for it because we're a good group. Um, but, you know, we were talking about Davidic covenants before with Hezekiah and the boil that he received as he was taking upon himself the sins of Jerusalem so that they could be saved from the Assyrians, right? And he received the boil, was nigh unto death kind of thing, all of that. And um, looking into President Nelson, you know, he performs Davidic covenants a lot, but it was interesting. One um, press conference that he gave, if you'll remember, when he announced the details of the renovation of the Salt Lake Temple, he had that big Band-Aid on his head kind of thing. So like translated beans, we, we can't be, we, I, I'm putting myself in that category. That was crazy. <laughs> um, translated beans can't be hurt physically, all that kind of stuff. So that right there is kind of alluding to the fact that he might not be fully translated or, or anything like that, but that, um, but he could still very much be in the process of, of becoming there. Are you talking about his conference video? He had a bandana on his head. I didn't notice. Uh, so um, it was a, a press conference uh, doing the um, announcing the plans and everything for the the renovation oh, of the Temple. Yeah. Can you um, on page thirty six? Can you read that? Was it the third paragraph when the Holy Temple? Can you read that? Let's talk about that for a minute. Uh -huh, yeah. So it says, when that holy temple is built in Zion, God will take away the veil from the eyes of his servants. And the day is yet to dawn when the sons of Moses and Aaron, having become sanctified to the renewing of their bodies, will administer in that holy house and the veil will be taken away and they will gaze upon the glories of that world now unseen and upon the faces of beings now to them invisible. And who said that again? President Taylor. Like... Man, not cool. <laughs> yeah, Don Taylor has some of the the best quotes in in these first few chapters here. I, I love it. So, was there another part I talked about um, the veil being removed? And there's another part in here too that said that. I think right. I went back and read my highlights, and I had highlighted it. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine in the temple that happening? If that happened in the temple and you were there. Can you imagine what you could see? Yeah. I mean, wow. You know, like Joseph Smith and... If you could see five minutes, you would learn. Yeah. And like, was it Sidney Rigdon, right? In the Kirtland? Joseph Smith, Sidney Rigdon? Or is that all of Cowdery? I can't remember. I'm getting really fuzzy on my dates there. Anyway, um, but anyway, they like seen into heaven or whatever and they only wrote a hundredth part of what they saw kind of thing you know like <laughs> this right here that the veil will be taken away not just parted not just opened for five minutes it will be taken away be able to see everything like whoa. That, was, that was sydney rigdon but it wasn't at the curtain temple it was um i think at oh. the johnson farmhouse yeah but yeah 
Because they've been lying on their backs and, and looking into the heavens kind of thing and going back and forth, right? Well, there was a whole bunch of people in the room, yeah. men in the room, and they they were receiving this vision. Yeah, okay. I was kind of conflating the two because in Kirtland or whatever, I mean, we do have kind of the same thing where they were gazing into heaven and... Um, mm. And that was Oliver Cowdery. Yeah, that one's Oliver. The other one's Sydney. Okay. I think so, yeah. but yeah it's interesting uh, you know because that's been a, a huge topic of my study for for the past year and stuff but the difference between rending the veil and parting the veil and what the endowment is teaching us to do versus what the scriptures are um showing us the pattern is kind of a thing and um Sometimes one's used over the other, but um, I don't know how to, to quite describe that. But anyway, like this here, this quote here, it's talking about that the veil will be taken away as they, they do so, as, and they'll be able to gaze upon the glories of that world now unseen. And the faces, I mean, imagine who we'll see. How exciting. Yeah. You know, how many times have we talked about like, oh, I just can't wait to, to meet Nephi and I can't wait to, to do this and that and stuff. But, um, you know, we, we have a couple different uh, instances in church history where, you know, at temple dedications that happens momentarily. I mean, they're able to see past prophets and dispensation heads, etc., come to to participate in the dedicatory services Cameron I have a question where does this fall on Isaiah's ladder to heaven do you think? translation yeah uh -huh. yeah I think it's it's fully in that seraphim category so just above sun servants but underneath Jehovah himself so they are the the proxy savior slash seraphim category okay is what i understand from it anyway because there's also you know you're calling an election and first and second comforter so i'm just trying to figure mm -hmm. where all that fits in yeah so calling election first and, uh yeah first and second comforter is on the sun servant level and then once you are seraphim then that's like third comforter territory oh, okay i think okay so that's when you get translated mm -hmm. okay so it's you've got a long you got a long way to go you know so many of us are kind of looking beyond the mark I, i'm including myself in that it's like oh we're just wanting to be translated but it's like no we we got we still have the <laughs> one first, if not two yeah one and two <laughs> yeah so it's like most of us don't even get one let alone two it's like yeah. oh, <laughs> now that what now i know why they say 144,000. it doesn't seem like there's going to be many of us that get that far yeah. uh, cameron yeah um so isaiah said he saw the lord Mm -hmm. So, and um, Avram said that at that time, he felt like that Isaiah had his calling and election made sure. Mm -hmm. So are we talking about like Isaiah chapter six or Isaiah forties? I'm just reading chapter six again. So I'm six, thinking okay. 
I'm thinking that then he's on asunder. So was he translated or not? Is my question. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think that in my mind and in a few different scholars' minds and stuff, I think that Isaiah is very much translated. I think we can say that one for sure. But, but, um, but they, he was son asunder. So what does that mean? They put uh, him in two, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he was definitely had a martyr's death. Um, but I think we'll see that many martyrs are translated beings. But they get to choose the time of their death and and when their mission is complete, kind of a thing. So um, that kind of way going along actually life. lying down their life. Yeah. They're not getting killed. They're lying down their life as a martyr. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if, if they're translated beings, they can escape, they can do whatever they need to, but um, but yeah. Um, so looking forward to when it lists out the different uh, people in church history that uh, were promised translation in the patriarchal blessings, right? So I went through and I found each of these on family search. I, I got their, their PID numbers and their death dates on all of them. So my question is, I think it boils down to three different options. So most of these were given by Joseph Smith Sr. Is he a false patriarch with false revelation? Or is did these people just lose out of it because of their, their temperament and attitudes in Missouri? Or have we been thinking about translation wrong and it's possible that translated people can die? Because, I mean, they can choose their death and uh, I mean, there's, anyway, just narrowing that down, that maybe we're considering translation uh, wrong in the fact that, oh, they died, they must not have been translated. Um, oh, I have a question before you go farther on this. Yeah. You know how um, um, President Nelson said that we will learn in the temple how to call angels to administer to us? We did we talk about this before last week? Say something about this? Or when we were talking about conference? I think so. Yeah, I, it seems like it was a couple of weeks ago. So to, to, to have um, angels come and minister to you, would they need to be translated, right? And you can see them or not see them if they're translated, but they would need to be in a different state. Mm -hmm. So possible. maybe, and you, and you hear stories about um, people being lifted by angels or, you know, administered by angels. I mean, that's not not uncommon or we call them ghosts some people call them ghosts or whatever mm -hmm. need to have authority to do that right and maybe that authority is translation mm -hmm. yeah very interesting because joseph smith man i'm like tripping over my words now. but like um joseph smith gives us the the grand keys right to discern spirits when when they come to us to to shake their hand and uh you know different possible scenarios and so i think within that we can also kind of uh reason like where translated beings might fit into to that picture there kind of thing because sometimes uh we might just like hear ministering angels kind of thing versus sometimes like the actual 
touch it seems like you know there's there's some kind of bodily function that uh, i don't know it seems like a, a kind an of intervention like, to stop a, an accident or something mm -hmm. and yeah and it would either need to be a resurrected or a translated being in order right. to, to do something like that i don't know okay okay in my talking about angels in my patriarchal blessing it tells me that he will place angels around me he will place angels around you to protect you if you follow his teachings mm -hmm. yeah it states that in my patriarchal blessing he will give you the strength to combat all those things which are not good for you and which would bring you sorrow and disgrace mm -hmm. so yeah i mean like that, that kind of sounds like angels that that need bodies in order to perform those functions in in a physical sense but you know i'm not trying to interpret your <laughs> I mean, i've not i've been trying to interpret it forever but just uh -huh. that when we just started talking about that i'm like mine specifically states that in there so uh -huh. i mean so and i've always tried to figure it out myself but i've 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 had a lot of loss in my life too i've lost two daughters um my, my mother's passed away. I've had a lots of loss, you know, starting mm -hmm. with being 17 years old, losing my first baby. So I think there's angels from both sides that are here protecting me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine says similar, something about angels. I haven't read it for a long time, but something that I'll have angels there to help. Yeah. So I'm like, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And so um, kind of taking a, a look at, at different examples and stuff. Um, so like my, my mother's brother, Mike, that, that passed away young, um, like it seems so clear at looking back at, at his life and, and how he passed away and what he's done and we've recognized since he's passed away. It's like, it, it seems so clear to me that, that he was... That he's on the seraphim level anyway right like he is doing many mighty miracles for for both sides of the veil and anyway that but the question started popping up to me is like okay so if he's seraphim level and and it's, i'm trying to work through this in my mind which is great which is about this group like <laughs> this is something you can't talk about in sunday school right but um, I, I don't profess to know anything, but I'm just kind of trying to, to air out my thoughts and, and work through this process here. But it, it could he be a translated being, even though he died? Like, it, it seems kind of possible along some of these church history things. And, and he's definitely acting on the seraphim level, for sure. So where does that, that leave things? And so um, the, the one time that I actually seen him, uh, it, it, he seemed very physical to me but you know I, I don't profess to, to know anything there um but I'll, in these um on page like 54 to the end of the chapter when it talks about these in in church history like they all died we all have their their headstones um and everything so either there's uh missed opportunities or false blessings or we're just misunderstanding translation altogether. These are some pretty powerful blessings. Let, let's talk about some of those. I mean, power to translate, power to tarry, power to, to go to the moon and inhabitants of other planets. Like, 
holy cow it why would joseph smith senior just (laughs) start saying some of these crazy things unless he knew what kind of the the scope and, and and measure of some of this was like he seems to to understand um, the 144,000, the, the mission and, and purpose of, of them in the last days and stuff. I, I just find these so invigorating to, to look at and, and study. Um, and, and if in everybody knows, I'm, I'm assuming, but you can request the patriarchal blessings of your ancestor pioneers. Um, and so uh, I, I think that that's really fun to, to go back and request those, even though they might not be by Joseph Smith senior here. Um, but there's some amazing blessings in our own family trees that are uh, extending blessings down the generations. Um, there, there's a couple on, on my dad's side that um, mentioned that her posterity will be the ones that, that are, are key in ushering in the second coming, and they'll have many great missions and things to perform in order to do that. And it'll be because of her righteousness and her ministering unto them in the last days. I was like, holy cow. I mean, that blessing is like clearly talking about her post-mortal mission there. Not talking about translation, but uh, how else is she, she ministering? But anyway, there's, there's some amazing things to, to look at and consider um, with patriarchal blessings. I think it kind of puts a whole new spin on it for me anyway. The other, the other thing that uh, we need to think about and remember is the patriarchal blessing. The patriarch is giving a blessing directly from our Father in Heaven. And so, I mean, what he says is true, but it is predicated upon us, mm-hmm. on how we live and how we follow through for that patriarchal blessing to make it true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And so let's look at like Lorenzo Snow on page 56. Um, I, so he gets this at f- fairly early on, 1836. So, I mean, it's much before he's ever going to be a prophet. This is even before Zion's camp, isn't it? 1836. So he receives this power to translate uh, one planet to another, go to the moon if you desire, power to preach to the spirits in prison, power to rend the veil and see Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father, power like Enoch to translate thyself to heaven. So, like one of those, for sure, we know that he did complete. We we know that he saw Christ in the Salt Lake Temple and, and he became a prophet, like, but we clearly have his headstone. And <laughs> and also, he had the power to raise from the dead because he raised my great grandma from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, right there, I, you know, if Lorenzo Snow isn't worthy of his patriarchal blessing, I don't know who is. Yeah. But anyway, just those facts lend to that makes me believe that he was probably translated. Mm-hmm. Being. Yeah. And in so, Visions of Glory, it talks about Spencer when he's um, after the earthquake and everything. Of course, I don't know how true that all is, but it, it seems, could be symbolic. It could be whatever, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But he is 
raising people from the dead there after they have that disease you know mm-hmm. and uh, and he himself and, was going through a process of translation it wasn't just like an immediate event kind of thing right mm-hmm. anyway so yeah who knows <clears throat> but i think that we will start seeing more and more I don't even know how to say that. Like President Nelson's footnotes, right? Like we've we've studied all those about living under our privileges, translation, city of Enoch and all of that. I think that we're going to start getting more bold and um, hearing it more and, and more clearly, especially if we know what we're looking for, um, more, more light and, and understanding on these principles as we ourselves are, are trying to prepare for the second coming trying to better ourselves trying to uh, perform our missions etc <clears throat> but anyway looking back through the the other ones on like page 53 and 54 like i didn't know some of those before i i read this this chapter this was amazing you know like enoch and methuselah yeah we know those and stuff but um Bithiah, the daughter of pharaoh uh, Phineas, I, I had no idea on that one. Chileab, um, Hiram, I I didn't even know that we knew the, the name of Solomon's Temple's builder, but uh, Hiram there was uh, the tradition of, of being translated. Um, Rechabites, I mean, we have lots of different ones that um, there's probably an even more extensive list than that, but. Um, Somewhere throughout this chapter, I'm just going to paraphrase it because of time, but like it says that that the priesthood has always been on the earth, right? Like there's never not been a time. They might not have had the authorization to organize the church and do callings, etc. But it's that's one of the main purposes of translation so that the priesthood is never not on the earth at, at any given time. And so what a comfort that is during those different eras of, of mankind that that we've always had that, that priesthood function in order to check evil and, and keep it from annihilating and, and wiping out the earth kind of a thing, mm-hmm. that we are always able to, to come back. Like there's always a plan. There's always um, God in his omnipotence can um, uh, cause these things to perpetuate kind of thing within that, that patriarchal order. Anyway, sorry, I feel like I talked a lot. Um, what what else <laughs> when we as we close out for tonight? Like, what other kind of things you want to uh, talk about and, and mention from this chapter? There's so much in here. I wonder if uh, someone like Lorenzo Snow, if they just didn't have a headstone put out so that people, if they want to uh, remember him, give remembrance to him, just for satisfaction, other people's satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like um, the thing that comes to mind with like, was it Alma the older, Alma the younger? I had a kid. I, all of a sudden my brain is like not working tonight. But um, like they said that he might've been buried. We know not kind of a thing or whatever. Um, but sometimes it seems like they need to kind of go through the process, have the funeral, have the headstone for closure because people might not be ready to comprehend the process that, oh no, they're getting translated and we just can't find the body kind of thing um but that 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 might be 
kind of a closure aspect uh, that that the Lord provides in that translation there. Um, so again, you know, like I'm not saying I profess to know anything, whatever, just throwing it out there. But I, I'm kind of starting to to believe that that Joseph Smith and, and Hiram Smith were translated in, in Christ. Like I think that they laid down their lives as martyrs, but they lived lots of principles of translation years before their death. It, it, it seems very plausible to me. Just throwing it out there. I don't know, but I take that for what it's worth. You said, Cameron, that you looked at these blessings. Are they longer than what is in this book? Then? Like the blessings of, of translation? Oh, I thought you said you looked at like Lorenzo Snow's patriarchal blessing or... Oh, oh. Yeah, so there's, they're way more extensive and they promise a lot of stuff. But um, I'm talking, uh, when I was referencing that, ones in my own uh, direct line. So as I requested those from, from church headquarters and, and got those pioneer uh, your family. Okay. ones back or whatever, uh, some of those promise translation, some of them promise uh, various different crazy blessings that we just don't really hear about in no. You must read and comprehend crazy fast because I can't even keep up. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I totally want those books of of Nelson, but then I have all these other books and it will just sit. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, wait, I don't know what oh, to do. Yeah, I haven't studied all of those. Um, you know, as I'm going through them and typesetting them and adding the footnotes, etc. Like I I kind of read them and, and skim some things here and there, but I haven't like deep studied them. That was kind of my whole purpose in starting the project was to create a book for myself so that I could study. And then it, it morphed into this other thing. And um, anyway, it, it was a, a bigger challenge than I thought it was going to be. And so, yeah, I, I have yet to fully study those things out, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not fast. <laughs> it's your ne our next book discussion would be the books of no sin <laughs> even just the ones since he's become a prophet or whatever like there's some some amazing stuff in there and if we like study them chiastically and and look at themes and patterns and connections throughout all of this stuff like wendy talked about in her midwest devotional uh talk or whatever do you have a link to that i never got the link i could never find it I know you sent it to me, didn't you, Mom? Um, yeah, it's it's on um, YouTube. It's on our our, our messages. You you sent yeah. me hers, and then I sent you President Nelson's. It's yeah. just someone has has recorded that. It's not an official or anything. Yeah, because they it's already. But it, they're the both so good especially wendy's is really good yeah i think that one's wendy's that i just pasted there and then i think this is president nelson's okay. if it's not let me let no i'll just open it up and make sure before i say that it is or not the other thing too that you can uh look at is um you know, as, as you're looking at President Nelson's talks and uh, studying through that and studying through the patriarchal blessings, what did he do here a year or so ago? He went through the scriptures and every reference to Christ 
He read it and he studied it. And Wendy asked him what happened, what, what became of that. And he said, I'm a changed man. And we could do the same thing with the Christ or President Nelson. But, you know, like uh, Laura says, you know, when do you find the time to do all of that stuff? <laughs> I tell you how many times I've started that specific assignment from President Nelson, going through just the topical guide and uh, studying deeply each one of those. I've started and stopped that project so many times. <laughs> it's so daunting because I, it's so complex. I mean, just advocate. Isn't that the first one, Mother? Um, advocate. Like that one took me a good month to study. And, and I still don't think I got all of it. But uh, yeah, like President Nelson says, I'm a changed man. And I don't think that he's trying to um, just use a, a euphemism, right? Like, I think he's literally a changed man. By studying the titles of Christ, he was actually able to change and, and ascend the ladder through that process. I, I think it's crucial. It's just, <laughs> I need to become a seraphim first so that I have the time to study how to become a seraphim. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely always on my mind and stuff, but yeah, maybe that's what we do uh, for our next book club. Uh, just go through Fifth Nelson and, and study his his thirty one box since he's become prophet. And your and your um, project that we're talking about, you said you added footnotes. So what does that look like? Uh, yeah, let me just bring up the, the PDF really quick. Um, I looked it up on my phone, but it's too small. So uh, yeah, for sure. Like ah. Uh, Okay, so this is the fifth book of Nelson. So um, not everything has footnotes. I only, I didn't add any of my own footnotes or anything to it. It's just footnotes if they submitted them for his talk kind of thing. So I just formatted it to look exactly like our current scriptures. And um, so everything is by chapter. So every chapter is a talk that he gave somewhere in, in a public audience. And um, it talks about like when he gave it and where it's printed at, et cetera. And then I versified it. So I took natural paragraphs and just added a verse number to them. Uh, I made it wide margins so that you can take notes on it. And then, um, so like this first one is um, there, as he's speaking from the Salt Lake Temple, uh, the, it, the talk is called, As We Go Forward Together. Um, when he talked to the membership of the church. And so that one didn't have footnotes because it was uh, just, it was a different kind of format. Um, so they're not all conference talks. They're just anytime he spoke. But... Yeah, anytime he, that he spoke to a public audience. So if he's only speaking to the Samoan saints in a private devotional kind of a thing, I don't have that in there. But anytime it's a, a public audience, whether it's his gratitude videos, whether it's a conference talk, whether it's news conference or an interview, a televised interview. Uh, I've put all of those in there, but it, that does include all of his 31 official general conference talks. Um, there, um, so like this first one, chapter three is his first general conference talk. Um, and so that one has footnotes on it. Uh, you can see those here down at the bottom. Oh, wow, see. how beautiful. Yeah. 
And so uh, you can look all those up. The footnotes are only official footnotes that he submitted with his talks. If he didn't submit footnotes with his talks, I, I didn't make up anything to, to put in there. Um, but yes, it's interesting. So Nelson one through four is, um, you know, the from 1968, his first general conference talk, even before becoming an apostle, up until 2017, uh, so that whole entire time, his footnotes are so extensive. They took so much time to, to copy and paste and get in there and, and everything, because many times the footnotes are much longer than the actual talk that he delivered. They're extensive and they require a lot of searching and, and everything. Since he's become prophet, the footnotes have shrunk, but they have intensified in their, um, their layers of, of symbolism there. Uh, many of his footnotes have footnotes themselves. And, and so anyway, it, it's quite an interesting project to, to put together and uh, get it all referenced and, and typeset. But anyway, so that's just kind of a rough uh, overview of, of that. So uh, you can print that one. It is uh, a fifth Nelson is not as big, and a lot of the talks are are shorter. So here's first Nelson one through four. It's a hold on just a second. <laughs> hold, wait, hold that one up. This one is one through four. Yeah, first <laughs> Nelson one through four. It's a just it's like oh a couple pages less than a ream of paper. Oh, wow. But it has all of them in there. Oh, my and, goodness. And then fifth Nelson, because um, this one is going to be added upon as he gives more conference talks, et cetera. So I decided to separate it out. But fifth Nelson is just since he's become prophet. And, you know, it's 166 pages so far. Um, wow. But yeah, but everything has its, its footnotes and all reference and stuff there. Cameron, if yeah. we want to print them ourselves, can the one through four be separated into four separate? Is it easy enough to separate it into four? Kind of, yes. So um, you would have, at the end of each um, section, at end of each book, you would have to print two copies of the last page. Okay. Because, because uh -huh, yeah. You put them back to back, you didn't, okay. Yeah. And so make a I, do space have, between. I do have the files separated if you wanted to do that. Um, so it makes it easier. And then, um, but if, if you just want to take that, that full on PDF that has all of them, uh -huh. uh, then you could just choose those pages and the and pages that you want. Them. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought I'd start, cause it's a lot to print out. I'd start. Oh, man, it's so much to print out. <laughs> Yeah, it's I thought I'd start with maybe one section at a time. <laughs> I was like, I can afford to do it and afford ink to do it and then go get it. Maybe bound at my local copy. I think they'll bind your own stuff for you. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. If I pay Ben the copy, it'll cost a fortune. I oh, think. yeah, for sure. That's why I um, I found this place that, that does cheap copies. And so um, I'm going to... So what's cheap copies for you? Um. So the... The entire thing, like both books of Nelson, shipping and, and all of that bound together, spiral bound and everything, it figures out $67. Um, versus when I printed this out, uh -huh. it took a ream of paper, the coils, all the vinyl stuff and everything, and a whole toner cartridge for my printer. 
and it was $76 and 20 something cents. So it's oh, cheaper wow. to go this other way. And that includes shipping too, you said. Yeah, it includes shipping. And so oh, okay. like it, it, it's worth it if you want to do it. But um, yeah, <laughs> kind of like Laura said, I don't have time to do all that. But um, so yeah, if you want to just print out like one book at a time, then yeah, uh-huh. it's going to be more cost effective. Just uh, print it out yourself kind of a thing. But if you're wanting the full set, knowing that you'll need it for later or whatever, and, and just uh-huh. want to have it done uh, right off the bat, then the $67 is, is by far your, your cheapest bet. Oh, I think I remember you sending this out and me printing out part of it when you sent it out in the beginning. Did you send it out in the beginning? Uh, yeah. So last November, I sent out the, the first part. So uh, first Nelson. And then the divorce happened and all sorts of stuff. And so I didn't get second Nelson out for quite a while, but I finally got it out. And then um, I think it was August that I sent out third Nelson. And then I'm just barely sending out fourth and fifth Nelson together. Well, thank you for your work. That's just amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mostly just did it for myself, but you know, might as well have everyone else benefit, not making any money or anything off of it. Just throwing it out there for for study purposes, because I think it's so important to study all of his stuff. Like his early stuff, like his 1968 talk. He's just a stake president at the time. But man, that talk is so timely for today. And uh, his early 80s talks when he's going on these missions and assignments in Eastern Europe. Oh, man, his talks are just so powerful. Um, Cameron, how did you find all these? Oh, my heck. Like that, It took a lot of work. And some of them, you can't find them typeset. They're just interviewed like audio. And so I had to sit there and type them out and go back and correct and add commas. and all. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of a nightmare. But yeah, it, that's why it took so long. <laughs> it's a year in the making, but. You are crazy. You work yep. so hard on everything. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. I don't know where you find the time to work and do book club and do that and genealogy. That, <laughs> oh that's one thing right there. I, like, as you say that, it's like, I don't know how I have time for that either. But I mean. I don't Sometimes, think you sleep. Do the, you sleep? The Lord multiplies some things when, yeah, when you're on an errand kind of thing. That's I think that this project was so important that the Lord just needed it done. So he, he provided the little tiny bits of, of time. Like this last week, I was trying to f- typeset the final thing. And it was like, I had five minutes here, five minutes there. Like I didn't have a whole lot of time to, to get it and stuff. So hopefully there's not too many errors in it. But anyway, yeah. It, it's kind of awesome but yeah the lord's always pushing me harder than, <laughs> than i can go i'm just like oh my gosh i just need to take a break and eat a cookie but i, I don't have time <laughs> chairman where can we find that fifth nelson uh yeah so i can email it to you um i emailed it out as a blast to, to all of our book club members but there was quite a few book club people that said that they didn't get it so um let me I'll, I'll do that right after class. I'll, Have you shared it, the PDF on Learning Zion so it'll always be there in case our emails get mm-hmm. mislaid or lost? <laughs> yes, I, I haven't put it on there yet because I noticed one glaring error that I fixed before I emailed it out, but I haven't put it on Learning Zion yet. I need to do that. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes my emails, I don't know why they disappear, but they 
disappear and I'm like yeah. the important ones I want sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. And then did everyone get the uh the official proclamations that I reformatted? Um that was another project that mm -hmm. I, I threw in there in the mix. Um let me pull those up real quick. I don't think because so. That was that was super enlightening as I went through that. Um it's really hard to find all seven proclamations. Uh, in their entirety, uh, you have like little snippets out there on the internet, but finding them in their entirety and stuff is, is kind of hard. And they all look very different. Some are handwritten and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I couldn't stand it and I decided to, to reformat them. So here's those. Um, so here's like our restoration proclamation, right? 2020. And then I've got, uh, sorry. Let me just do the desktop. Oh, desktop right there. Okay, so you can see my whole screen now. Um, so, okay, yes. and then here's the family proclamation. It's pretty similar, but it, it's still kind of, it has that red uh, outline there. Anyway, the other ones, though all of the other ones don't look at all like that so i reformatted them to look exactly like these um these other ones some of them are, are multiple pages long and it it talks about when they were given and why etc um but anyway i've got those all formatted um for for people to study through um i i find that the patterns throughout these are very interesting um, and they help us understand our most recent proclamation and why it was given at the time it was. Um, but one interesting little tidbit, sorry, I'm taking up so much time, guys. But um, the very first proclamation was issued by Joseph Smith and Hiram exactly three and a half years before their martyrdom, to the day, three and a half years. Interesting little tidbit. Mm -hmm finding your pdf to your books of nelson i think it got lost in the the email when i emailed you back or something i'm not finding it at now okay yeah i'll, I'll email you again um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how that happened but that's frustrating mm -hmm. yeah i <laughs> i misplace emails like crazy all the time don't worry about it i'll i'll get that if you ever need anything else emails and stuff let, let me know and i'll yeah but and yeah. I did print out your proclamations, but now it's in a stack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did you share just, were the proclamations just in an email or are they on Zion? Yeah, I put those on Zion and I think I sent them out in an email, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. I did because a lot of people emailed me back on that. Where on Zion are they? Um, so if you just go under the, the main documents folder, uh -huh. you can see them there. Or if you go okay. to to my profile, you can see them in, in my documents listed on okay. my profile. But I, you'd be surprised, this is an interesting tidbit. Um, with the proclamations and with the Book of Nelson, as I sent that out, be surprised how many people email me back and ask me to take them off the list because they are no longer affiliated with the church. And it's like, oh. Wow. Yikes. Oh, wow. Because oh, wow. all of them have come through either Moss's group or Jody's group or you know, referrals from, from things. I mean, they're all like really awake kind of, um, deep learning saints. 
but there's many people that have asked to be taken off off the list there i was just like oh i'm so sorry i don't know what to even say to (laughs) but you know because i don't want to offend people and push them further kind of thing but at the same time like the book of nelson is actually kind of your lifeline to getting your testimony back if you'll actually read it but I can't shove it down their throat either. So I don't know. That one's a really hard one for me. But not to, to end on a downer. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't even know where my brain was going with that. Think of it as may, think of it as maybe somebody got it that was in on the verge of that and it meant something to them. So think of it that way. Yeah. Yep. I I think it'll end up blessing lots of people's lives and as they study and stuff. Uh, It's amazing how much just a correct or pleasing format can help us study. Um, You know, I sometimes I do digital, but a lot of times that's, you know, for like Sunday school or something where I can click on links easy. But when I need to like study deeply, I need the physical copy and I need to be able to write on it. And so trying to collect all of those conference talks and things through different magazines and Leohonas, you know, like it, it's just so much easier to, to have this formatted correctly and not correctly, or, uh, formatted nicely so that it's all together in one place and easy to study. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it will end up helping a lot of people actually dive into his talks where they might not have done the hunt before, hopefully. We'll see. It'd be easier to study with the number, the paragraphs. I did a, a 12, 12 talks in a Facebook group. It was 12 talks a couple of years ago and they had each paragraph numbered so that when you referred to it, you had, you referred to that paragraph. So you knew where people were talking about. So I think it's very helpful mm-hmm. to have yeah. the paragraphs numbered because then you can go right to where you know where you're you're studying or talking about when you share it with other people i know that's one of the things that kind of sparked uh, the the project in the beginning for me it was like oh it'd be so nice to just be able to reference nelson by by scripture format you know like oh in first nelson chapter 4 verse 32 you know like <laughs> that you just have some of those things versified because i always am quoting like the in a coming day, only a man who can do this, 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 you know, like I'm always quoting that, but I want to put a chapter and verse to it. And so that's yeah. kind of where this project was kind of fun for me at the beginning. It was like, oh, now I have a verse to reference there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been fun. Sorry, I've taken up so much time. <laughs> Sometimes I get uh, winging it out there, but anyway, um, Thanks for, for coming and studying with me on it and stuff. This Triumph of Zion is just amazing. Chapter three is one of my favorites because lots of different interesting tidbits and those uh, patriarchal blessings I, I found very uh, enlightening. Every time I read those, uh, I get new insights and um, questions to ask about translation that have really helped. But anyway, we'll close out for the night going half an hour over sorry but no, anyway thank you send that pdf back out to me mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'll send it out to you and donate and then we will see everyone next week for chapter four it's gonna be another thank one. you so much <laughs> thank you so much have a nice night guys <laughs>